Alright, let's get started. Today's episode, let's go over college football week 3. What happened? There were some losses. There were some wins. There were some teams that won and looked bad. Let's talk about it. And then we'll look forward to next week, week four. Isn't it crazy that the season's already like over 25% of the way done? I mean, it feels like it just started. I mean, we want it to come and like just be here already for so long. And then all of a sudden, it's already 25% of the way over. And I'm not ready to admit that or process that yet, that it's already... Before you know it, it's going to be over already, and we're going to be back in that cycle of wanting it to be here again. So let's just enjoy it while we have it. Real quick, this is not football-related. But are y'all really thinking about the Roman Empire that much? Y'all know what I'm talking about, that whole like TikTok trend of like how often are guys thinking about the Roman Empire? Be honest, you are not thinking about the Roman Empire that much. We're just saying that so that we seem like we're in on the trend. We're not actually thinking about the Roman Empire. Maybe you are, but I'm, I, I really don't think so. Honestly, I think about the Roman Empire maybe once or twice a month when the Roman Empire is mentioned to me or when I'm like reading in the New Testament. That's about it. We're not just constantly thinking about the Roman Empire. So I just want, I just want to say that real quick. If you ask a guy how often they think about the Roman Empire and they say, oh, every day, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. But anyway, let's get started. Talk about last week's games. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. Um, But let's talk about it. I want to start off, like I always do, talking about my Georgia Bulldogs. Folks, something is wrong in Athens. Something is wrong. And it pains me to say, as a Georgia fan, it pains me to say that. Georgia won 24-14 over South Carolina. So we won. I mean, it's not like we lost. Uh, some other teams on this uh, on this list, like, they can't say that. But we were down 14-3 to at halftime. And if you're the number one team in the country, you can't be doing that. But Isaiah, we came back and we won and we looked good in the second half. Yeah, but we shouldn't have been playing that bad in the first half. But Isaiah, we played. We, we had games like this last year against Missouri, and we barely beat Missouri last year, and then we came back and won the national title. So it's like we're just so good that we can just sleepwalk through some of these games. Yes, we can, but here's, here's the thing, the difference between this year and last year. By the time that Georgia had, was like sleepwalking and like struggling a little bit, and not, maybe not struggling is probably not the right term. Not playing well in some of those games last year against Missouri where we almost lost and had to come back and win in the fourth quarter. By the time we got to those games, we already had some top 10 wins where we had shown that we were a good football team and that we were had just were playing down to the level of our competition. Georgia has not done that yet. South Carolina is not a good team. Ball State's not a good team. UT Martin's not a good team. UAB that we're playing this next weekend is not a good team. And we don't look good against any of them. There is a difference between playing down to your competition and just playing badly, which is what Georgia has done the first three weeks of the season. 
I'm also just concerned. I'm not seeing improvement from Carson Beck. Yeah, I was on here week one and week two talking about how it's understandable. I'm going to bat for him. Like, give him some time. Like, he's going to progress. I'm not seeing progression. He looks uncomfortable. And part of it may not be on him. Part of it, I feel like, is the game plan. We're not playing to his strengths. We're using the exact same game plan that we were using for Stetson Bennett. And Carson Beck is not Stetson Bennett. He cannot run around like Stetson Bennett can. Now, granted, he's not as immobile as Jake Fromm was. Jake Fromm, I think, had like 40 rushing yards over the course of three years at Georgia. He's not that immobile, but he's not Stetson Bennett where he's going to scramble for a first down for or run for 15 yards a couple times a game. He's not going to do that. He's going to scramble once or twice, get you three or four yards, maybe a first down here and there, but we're he is a stand in, typical pro-style stand-in-the-pocket, throw-the-ball-down-field quarterback, and we're not doing that. We're just throwing screens. We're doing this we're, 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 we're doing, doing this where he needs to run around or throwing screens and all of these option plays that are not Carson Beck's strong suit, and that's really messing, me, not me, messing with him, I think. And so I'm just concerned because I'm not seeing progression, be that on him or be that on the coaching. We need something needs to change, be it, I'm not saying a quarterback change, but a change in game plan and a change in play quality needs to improve because I don't feel good going into SEC play over the next couple of weeks. I don't feel, I don't feel good about that. Well, let's look at South Carolina for this, uh, South Carolina for this game. Spencer Rattler played great. I know his numbers weren't exactly, I mean, off the charts, but they, I think he only had about a 50% completion percentage, but if you look at this, he was throwing the ball downfield with UGA defenders coming right at his face where he knew without a shadow of a doubt he was about to get hit and he was just standing in that pocket throwing the ball downfield and getting hit and he was, he put South Carolina in a position where they could have won that game. All of the, I know the final score make it look like UGA was in control, but it really wasn't. And I, I, that loss is not on Spencer Rattler. He, he did everything in his power there. South Carolina can't run the ball. That's not on him. He lost some of his best receivers from last year. That's not on him. He did all he could do. And as a Spencer Rattler hater, it pains me to say, but he played very well. And if he had some better weapons around him, I very much think South Carolina wins that game with the way that UGA was playing and the way that Spencer Rattler was playing on Saturday. So props to him. UGA 3-0. South Carolina falls to 1-2. Not a good... I was I was kind of high on South Carolina going into this going into this season, but they have just kind of crumbled, it appears. Um, now, granted, they were playing some teams that are good. UGA is a very good team. Despite all of what I said, they're a very good team. But... Played them, played North Carolina, um, did not look very good against North Carolina. And that, that I forget who they who they beat in their Week 2 game, but it was a lower classification to school. But not looking good for South Carolina. I would be surprised if they win more than six games this year the way that they're playing. Um, but, yeah, so UGA improves to 3-0. and Still very concerned going forward to this season. Next Next game I want to talk about. Florida State, Boston College. Not going to spend a lot of time on it. 
just like UGA, Florida State is lucky to still be undefeated. Um, actually, more than lucky, they deserved to have lost that game. Boston College should have won that game. They had a chance at the end. Should have, should have won. Florida State, ranked number three. You cannot be playing. Boston College lost to an FCS team last week. If you're Florida State, you can't be doing that. I mean, they won 31-29, and Boston College had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to score and win. Um, not a good look. I think I think that that makes them a particularly interesting team to watch next week as they go to Clemson to play Clemson on Saturday. I think that's going to be a very interesting game just to see how Florida State bounces back and from a Clemson side how they're going to game plan after seeing how Boston College handled Florida State this past weekend. Very interesting game. Um, Texas playing Wyoming at home. This was an interesting game because um, like UGA, they struggled. Like UGA, like like Florida State, they struggled. I mean, this score, the, the Texas won thirty-one to ten, but it was ten to ten in the fourth quarter. Um, Texas scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win thirty-one to ten. But th- this was a tied game going into the fourth quarter. Very interest interesting. Um, look for all the top teams struggled this week this is like the first year in a while that no like clear team has shown that they're the number one team in the country the more and more i'm watching there is no great team so far i'm not saying there won't be but there's no great team so far in college football this year um which is really cool i i do think nil has something to do with this that more and more of these like schools that were the top dogs they're losing some of these recruits a little bit and so that's more spread out so there's more there's there, there, there's more of an even playing field for some of these um top teams and so there's more teams that are competitive um but yeah no texas it, after beating alabama i would have it was understandable that there'd be a little bit of a letdown next week but i didn't think it would be to the extent that 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter with wyoming Props to them. They did pull away in the fourth quarter, scoring 21 points. That is impressive. Um, let's see. Oh, boy. Interesting game here. Is Alabama dead? I don't know, but they looked pretty close on Saturday. Man. Alabama winning 14-3 over South Florida. 17 to 3, I apologize. So 17 to 3. Alabama, goodness. First of all, why was Alabama traveling to South Florida? That's so strange. I heard some things that were like, you know, he knew he knew that uh the recruiting would be good. It, like it'd be good it would some of those South Florida recruits could come and watch Alabama play and it'd be an unofficial recruiting visit. I don't think Nick does does Nick Saban care about that? I don't think he cares about that. That I mean he's Nick Saban. I, I, I don't know. It, that that doesn't seem to be the reason. I heard someone say it's because he he just wanted he wanted uh 
he knew it'd be a good look for the program. And I forget who the name, who the head coach is, but he was like he has a good relationship with that coach. But this game was scheduled like five years ago when South Florida had a different Charlie Strong was the head coach at the time at South Florida when this game was scheduled. So it doesn't make any sense sense to me. It's it's just weird that to begin with that Alabama would travel to South Florida like that, play at a Power 5 team when you're the powerhouse that Alabama has been. I don't know if they are anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nick, Sa- Nick Saban, the quarterback situation at Alabama is not not good. Um, I, th- I want to say their, their, their quarterbacks combined for something like 150 yards. It, 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 was, it was not good. Two quarterbacks. Jaden Milrow was uh, suspended. Apparently, they won't really say, but it appears that he was suspended for talking back to coaches about the Texas loss. Um, he will be the starter this next week playing Ole Miss. But it's just interesting. It, I mean, while he didn't look, Milrow did not look good against Texas. He was would have been way better than what they had on the field. Tyler Buckner and uh, I forget the name of the other man, um, but. Just not a good situation at Alabama. They they look nothing. I never thought I'd see a Nick Saban led team looking this bad. Now I I didn't think Alabama's dynasty would last forever, but I never thought we would see the point where Alabama was tied three to three in the fourth quarter with South Alabama with Nick Saban as the head coach. I never thought we would see that. It's just. It's kind of sad, and that's coming as an Alabama hater. It's it's sad to see you don't you don't like seeing like a great fall like that. Now I don't think Nick Saban is done. Um, the season's by no means over for Alabama, but it very well could be even as soon as next week if they lose to Ole Miss, which I'll get into that in a few minutes. But not a good look for Alabama. The real you can't be struggling on the road at a team like South Florida. I mean, they don't even have their own stadium. They play in the Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium. Um, I think they're they're building a stadium of their own that only is going to hold like thirty five thousand people. So if you're Alabama, you can't be struggling with those opponents. I, and I get that there was bad weather, but guess what? South South Florida had 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 to play in that bad weather too, and they were going toe to toe with y'all, pushing y'all around. I mean, I saw a play where a South Florida running back ran right through a Nick Saban defensive line for about 15 yards. Did you ever think you'd see the day that that would happen? No, I didn't. But So just not a good look for Alabama. Um, lucky, lucky to have gotten away with a win. Like, honestly, I know that they won by two touchdowns, but it was 3-3. Three to three. Uh, no, I'm, it was it was it was three to three at halftime. They scored right at the end of the third quarter. To, to, I mean, so they were only up by one score going into the fourth quarter, and it's just it's not not a good look, not a good look. And then a couple other games to talk about before we move on to next week: Tennessee, Florida. I know last week I called this one. I thought Tennessee was going to win big. I also said if both teams could lose, I would want that to happen. This is the best of the options. Of the options, besides all of them, but besides both teams losing, I mean, Florida beats Tennessee, and that game was not close. The score makes it look somewhat competitive. It was 29-16. to This game was not even close. Florida scored 20 points in the second quarter alone to make it 26-7. to 
at the half, and it, I mean, they, they, they did, uh, Milton didn't look any good for Tennessee, I mean, he was throwing throws in the dirt, it was not. It was just not a good game. Tennessee looked discombobulated. That that offense, the offensive scheme that Tennessee runs, it looks like it's getting figured out by people. Honestly, that's what it looks like. It looks like people have figured out the Josh Heupel offense. It's very simplistic, and once you can figure it out, it it, it looks like teams are figuring out how to shut down Tennessee. And as it is. Florida is still alive. Now, I don't think they're going to be alive for long, but they get an SEC win. They get a division win. They, they have one loss, but it's not an SEC loss. So they're still very much alive in the SEC up to this point. We'll see how long they can stay alive. Um, props to them for you know just st- standing in there, taking on a top 10, top 15 opponent, depending on where you look, and coming out with a win. And then the game of the weekend, Colorado playing Colorado State. I'll be honest, I fell asleep about 2 in the morning in the middle of overtime. I tried to stay awake, but I, I just dozed off. So I missed the very end of this. Um, Colorado ended up winning 43-35 in double overtime. Um this game got heated a little. I, I know I, I didn't think this game was going to be very close in the last week's uh, episode, but then Thursday, Colorado State's co- coach comes out and makes some comments about Deion Sanders, and that made me think even more that it was going to be a blowout. Um, but no, this game this game was everything you want in a football game. There was some there was some lead changes. There there was going back and forth. There was fights breaking out on the field. I mean, this was everything you want. It was an in-state rivalry. Um, the Rock was there. Uh, Colorado's walking out with Little Wayne. I mean, it's just. I mean, it was just some everything you wanted. Um, Travis Hunter, that injury, terrible. Um, I don't think that, that the Colorado State uh, player meant to hurt him like that. It did not look malicious. It looked like it was a tough football play. He was trying to send a message that they were playing hard, but it didn't look like he was intentionally trying. People are sending that player death threats. I mean, that is that is ridiculous. Don't, don't be doing that. If you watch it, it was clearly, yes, he was trying to hit him hard to send a message. But to say that he was trying to lacerate Travis Hunter's liver like he did that was not good I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Travis Hunter and Dion have come out and like c- condemned the threats and everything because you hate to see that you hate to see that I mean I saw somebody they doxed his mom's address I mean that, that's just too far at the end of the day it's a game I understand somebody got hurt but let, let's keep it clean um I'm impressed w- with Colorado's ability to fight through the adversity because um, they've had the media on them, the, the spotlight on them. And while I've said that I thought that Colorado would win this game, I, I was very impressed that they were able to fight through a team, a Colorado State team that was fired up, gave them everything they had. You've got, I mean, how hard is it as an 18 to 25, 22-year-old dude to have Lil Wayne and The Rock on your sideline? I mean, just that that type of distraction. The media is praising you. Your coach is a celebrity, and you're coming out there 
and a team's giving you everybody's you're under the spotlight and you're just having to focus and play football i think colorado has done that very well up to this point against lower classification teams and teams that aren't very good and i'm just curious to see how that's going to ha- how that's going to progress as the season progresses are they going to be able to keep the nose to the grindstone just keep chopping as kirby smart says are they going to be able to keep that focus because um, they've done very well so far so props to them they fought through a game that honestly colorado state probably should have won and they were able to win I mean, just look at, I mean, Colorado State was up by eight with less than two minutes left, and they were able to come back and win in double overtime. So props uh, props to Dion, props to Shadur, props to Travis Hunter. They're playing while y'all are impressing me. Not that it matters what I think, but I'm very impressed. All right, let's talk about a few uh, few, few of the games that for next week that I just think are really interesting. Um, starting off, this one is one that, it's not really interesting, but it's interesting to me, and y- y'all know who it is. It's UGA playing University of Alabama, Birmingham. Fun fact, Alabama will not play UAB because apparently Bear Bryant back in the day had some sort of beef with them, and to this day, like the Bryant family hates the University of Alabama, Birmingham, and will not allow for Alabama, basically, to play UAB. So it's interesting. In-state, not really a rival, but it's an in-state school, and you see, and you see Alabama playing other schools from like lower classification schools, but they will not play UAB. So that's kind of an interesting thing. But no, they UAB Birmingham they they come uh, come play at Georgia. It's Georgia's last non conference game besides Georgia Tech, but it's like the last against these lower classification schools. And I really just I'm interested to see how. How are we going to look as we finish up against these smaller opponents going into SEC play? We got Auburn the next week, and then we go on to a tough slate of SEC games. Um, and I, I just want to see: Are we going to make improvement? I haven't seen it the last few weeks, last three weeks, even against South Carolina. And, and I'm just, as a fan, I'm just hoping that I see some sort of spark this next week that shows me that we're headed in the right direction. Um, so I'm just curious with that. I, there's no part of me that's worried about UGA losing. Knock on wood. I mean, the way we play it. If we play like we did last week, there's always, you never know. But I'm not worried about that. But I just want to see some sort of spark that we're heading in the right directions. All right. Florida State, Clemson. This could be a good game. This could also not be a good game. Who knows? I mean, it could go. I could see this going either way. I, as a football fan, I want this to be a good game. I really do. I want. I want Clemson to play Florida State close. I, I want that to happen. Clemson looked good last week playing against. Uh, I forget who the one of the one of the Florida schools. I forget which one. Um, they looked good against them, put up a good bit of points. Um, Florida State did not look good last week. They're playing on the road at Clemson. So there's all this potential for it to be a good close game. But there's also the part of me that I saw Florida State beat a very good LSU team. LSU is getting severely disrespected because of their loss to Florida State. But I think Florida State is a very, very good team. So I've seen that happen this year. 
in the last couple of weeks. And then I've also seen Clemson lose to a Duke team that is good but not great. And so there's that in the back of my mind. Against my better judgment, I think Clemson wins this game in what is now, I guess, technically considered an upset. Because, which is strange to say because over the last few years you, it was kind of a given that Clemson would beat Florida State but I'm I'm calling for the upset Cade Klubnick looked really good last week he looks like he's finally getting it together I think being there at home in Death Valley for Clemson is going to give them an edge Florida State did not look good last week I think I'm not picking it because of that but I think Seeing how Boston College played Florida State last week is going to be of benefit to Clemson. And I think that is enough to push him. That, combined with starting to improve on offense over the last couple of weeks since that horrendous uh, Monday night loss against Duke, I think that's enough to put Clemson over the edge. So I'm calling the upset. Y'all can come laugh at me next week if they lose, but I'm calling Clemson to beat Florida State next week. Then we got Colorado playing Oregon. Folks, Colorado's not winning this game. Colorado is not winning this game. This Oregon is so much better and so much deeper than... Colorado is at this point. Dan Lanning is building an incredible program there. There, Mario uh, Mario Cristobal was building a good program that he took over before Mario Cristobal went over to Miami. Colorado is riding four or five players that are high-ranked recruits. One of them is gone, unfortunately, for the next few weeks, Travis Hunter. So they've got four players against a lot of three, four, and five-star players on Oregon and I don't think that's going to be enough it's not going to be enough I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout but I think the uh, Colorado Buffaloes take their first loss this week to the Oregon Ducks Bo Nix was not a fan of him at Auburn Um, he did not look very good at Auburn he's gotten into that system over there in Oregon and he's a Heisman candidate he's throwing slinging the ball around uh, he just looks good. I think he beat Shadur. Um, I, 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 I think Oregon stays undefeated and Colorado falls to three and one. I, and I be more while I'm saying that I'm almost more interested in the game after that to see how Colorado responds to adversity of a loss because we've seen. I want to see how they respond this week after playing a close game against a lower classification school. But I'm more. At, interested to see how they're going to play after a loss so we'll talk about that next week um oregon man do they have do they have the best does oregon have the best uniform game in the game i think they might i was talking with somebody this week we were talking about like some of like how clean like the old-fashioned uniforms are we were talking he's a penn state fan so i was talking with him and he just he was talking how he loved like the clean look old-fashioned look of the penn state and i agree um, just like that with like Alabama, I love like the old the old style looking uniform that like Alabama has. And as much as I like that, I almost love that Oregon doesn't have just one uniform that they have like eighty. 
that's just so cool to me. I don't know if I'd want that many if I was a fan of, like, I don't know if I, like, as a Georgia fan, I don't think I would want Georgia to have 80 different uniforms, but I do like, like, the variety and the changes and, the, I don't know, that green color that they have. It just looks so smooth and clean. Um, so, shout out to Oregon for that. Love to see what they're wearing this weekend. <laughs> um, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be cool. Or- Oregon beats Colorado this weekend. All right. And lastly, Ohio State, Notre Dame. This may be the best game of the weekend. Uh, actually, yeah, it probably will be the best game of the weekend. Um, Sam Hartman is just absolutely balling at Notre Dame. Um, a thousand, over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns already. Um, I've been a Sam Hartman fan. If you know me, I've been talking about him for years, ever since he was on that uh, QB1 show on Netflix his senior year of high school. Just seems like such a good guy. Just, I mean, in, on that show, he transferred his senior year to a school that had just started a football program and had not won a single game. Transferred there his senior year, took him to the playoffs, as I recall. Just seemed like a good guy. Went to Wake Forest. Now he's trans- graduate transfer at Notre Dame. And just, he's balling. He's balling. Ohio State seems to be still figuring out their quarterback situation. I forget the name of their their young guy, but he's just been figuring out kind of like UGA has. And it should just be interesting. Is Ryan Day, Ryan Day, I feel like, is one of the most like underappreciated coaches in all of college football. He hasn't had a single game year that he's lost more than two games in all of his time at Ohio State. I mean, he's won at least 10 games a year, except for the COVID year. The COVID year, he went in the national title. But also, I also understand the argument of how much of that is credit to him and how much is that a credit to Ohio State and the program that Urban Meyer had built over the last few years. I mean, he's lost the last two years to Michigan, which pretty much if you're a coach at Ohio State, it doesn't really matter what you do. If you can't beat Michigan... Does it even matter? So I understand the rumblings, but at the same time, it feels like if any other coach has had the record and the winning percentage and the accolades that Ryan Day has in the first five years as a head coach, I feel like they'd be getting a lot more respect. But he's not getting that. And I don't think he starts to get that this week. I I think Notre Dame beats them. I think Notre Dame beats Ohio State. I really do. Um, It's... This could put Ryan Day in an interesting situation because if he loses to them and then loses to Michigan at the end of the season, which I'm not saying he is, but there is potential. I mean, Michigan looks really good again this year, and they've already beat them the last two years. Um, if he loses to two biggest games of the season again, I, I, do do we start to hear rumblings about getting rid of Ryan Day? I'm not saying we do, but. It's a very interesting conversation that I think starts to be had. And I think we're going to start hearing more about that if Notre Dame actually beats Ohio State, which I think they do. I think they come in. I think it'll be a competitive game, and I think Notre Dame will probably pull away at the end. Um, I think I think they win somewhere in the range of 14-ish points. But anyway, yeah, Notre Dame beats Ohio State. Oregon beats Colorado. Clemson beats Florida State. I'm calling it a couple of upsets almost in there, it feels like. Um, but I, 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 
I think I think that the it's interesting. It's interesting this year. Like I said, there's no absolutely dominant. They're the number one team in the country so far. When usually by now we've seen that, and so it's interesting to see some of these games that might be some, some years they would be a given and less of an upset, and all of a sudden it's like, man, these, this is a toss up. So it'll be interesting. Real excited for this next weekend of football. That's going to do it for this episode of This Is True. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Spotify. Share us. I'm trying to get to a few more listeners an episode. We're doing good. Our last episode was one of our most listened to episodes yet. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next week.